The Soccer Gambling Podcast is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Cause Light. When you're sweating out your bets, remember to take some time to chill and grab the perfect cold refreshment, Cause Light. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is your home to the Best Ball Mania 2 contest where you can win $1 million. That's right, $1 million. Sign up now at underdogfantasy.com and use the promo code SGPN. That's underdogfantasy.com and the promo code SGPN. Hey guys, you are listening to your international preview show here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. You can follow the Soccer Gambling Podcast on Twitter at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. It will be very, very important to follow that Twitter account for the month of June because we are producing more podcast content than we've ever produced before. So that's at SGP Soccer. Also, check out my website, LockBetting.com. We've just taken our clients to their 96-month in a row of Transparent Track Profit. And we are hoping that June 2021 will be our 97th month. What a massive month it is. Euro 2020-21, the NBA playoffs, the meat and potatoes of the MLB season, the NHL playoffs, Boxing, UFC, WWE, tennis with the French Open, tennis with Wimbledon. So much stuff coming up here in the month of June. It's not your usual month where you can take a break from the service for two, three months and return for the start of the soccer season. You do not want to miss out on LockBetting.com this June. So sign up and be a part of our 97th month. You can have a look at all of our P&Ls at LockBetting.com or you can look at the previous month by looking at the pin tweet at SGP Soccer. Once again, the Twitter account is at SGP Soccer. So just to give you a heads up on what's coming up, here we're going to be covering some international friendlies that will be taking place in midweek. At the weekend, we'll be doing another show covering the second batch of friendlies, and then that'll be it. We will then be heading into Euro 2021 content. I was supposed to do a season wrap-up for the European season. Unfortunately, I was due to deliver it, due to deliver it at the weekend, and I broke my leg completely. I broke my leg and ankle in an accident playing football, a non-contact accident, um, just left my left leg behind as I was running and I was turning. Uh, my ankle dislocated completely, uh, broke my ankle, and uh, the impact of that ended up with me breaking two bones in my leg as well. So I have a fully broken leg. Uh, the ambulance decided to take 90 minutes to come to me, uh, even though my kid, my 10-year-old, made the phone call to the ambulance and sounded quite distressed, I'm sure, because he was crying, as was I, um, but still took 90 minutes to get me that attention. So I've been having, uh, I had one operation to pull out my ankle and then re readjust 
thrust it, put it back in. And now I'm waiting for a second operation to actually operate in my leg, put some nuts and bolts in there and get that right. And then um, I'll begin physio for that in about three months time. So the, the gist of that is, is that I was on a lot of drugs uh, between uh, this op- operation one and I'm now waiting for operation two. I'm uh, injecting things into my stomach to stop blood clotting and I'm taking some heavy, heavy painkillers. I'm now off the gas and morphine, but initially when I was due to deliver the podcast, I was on the gas and morphine, so I wasn't able to deliver those shows. So this probably won't be your most eloquent show which which makes the most sense it won't be uh the most show the show that's most free of umming and ahhing so i'm just going to try and plow through it i'm not going to edit it i've picked out my my favorite international games from the weekend and uh, we're going to take the format here of the of the european show which is a lockbetter.com show exclusive where we look all across europe and try and pick out our our favorite games and we're going to do the same thing here where i've picked out my five favorite international friendlies that i feel that we have the most chance of making money from and uh, we're going to break those down so to let you guys know how we're going to be doing things moving forward uh, we are going to do this international show here we're going to have one for the weekend in between that i'm going to still try and squeeze in the wrap-up as we look at the season that we've had across europe including of course the epl the bundesliga show and the champions league and the europa league and then we are going to begin as soon as we can, maybe as early as the weekend, with our Euro 2021 previews. That's going to be breaking down every single group individually. So six shows just for the group, and then an outright pro, uh, an outright preview just before the tournament, where we're looking at the outright winners and the other markets as well that don't relate to groups such as top goal scorers or to reach the final, reach the semi-final, reach the quarter-final, etc. So all of that to come. So much content. Seven podcasts alone covering Euro 2021 and as you guys know we're going to be doing a podcast every two days here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast throughout the tournament so podcast every two days throughout the tournament seven podcasts before two podcasts covering the international friendlies and a season wrap up there so you're going to be looking at 10 podcasts coming out just within the next 12 days so try and keep up follow that Twitter account and make sure you're subscribed to the Soccer Gambling Podcast The first game I'm going to look at here for these international friendlies features Norway at home to Luxembourg. Norway are the 1-2 favourites. It's 10-3 to draw and it's 5-1 here on Luxembourg. I've picked this one out simply because I really like a play here from this game. Now, Norway nor Luxembourg will be playing in Euro 2021. So I wanted to pick as many teams as I possibly could that would be relevant to the tournament so you guys could take a look at them early. But as I said, I couldn't skip a play here. I think this will be a pretty high scoring game with Norway coming out on top. And most importantly, I think Haaland is going to end up on the score sheet. Unbelievably, Haaland took a lot of criticism from the Norwegian press and ex-Norwegian players for his performances last time he played for Norway. They uh, accused him of not caring for playing for his country. They said that he had a poor attitude. This was very surprising to me. And Haaland actually then went on his worst scoring run since he signed for Borussia Dortmund. Didn't score in two international games and didn't score in his next game for Dortmund. That's three games. That is Haaland's worst scoring form. Not scoring for just three games. And ridiculously, he was heavily criticised for that. I expect him here to come out firing and score at least a goal here. Maybe even two. Haaland to score in this game and for Norway to win is available at minus 110, 10 to 11 in what I think will be a high scoring game. Norway have won four of their last seven, but they conceded three goals against both Romania and Turkey in recent starts. So I think
think Luxembourg will score here. So Norway may need to score at least two to win this game. This Luxembourg team have scored in five of their last six away matches, but have managed just one clean sheet from 13 from from 13 on their travel. So I think they're going to find it difficult to contain Norway. And I think they're going to find it particularly difficult to contain Haaland, who I think will score a couple of goals here and bounce back from uh, his poor performances or the perceived poor performances, at least from the criticism that he got from the Norwegian press, as I think that uh, Norway win this game with Haaland scoring. So Haaland to score, Norway to win, my first pick. That's available at 10 to 11, minus 110 here in this one. Up next, we'll look at another low-key game here between Romania and Georgia. Romania will feature again at the weekend because they are playing against England. So it'll be interesting to get a look at them here. They are the 7-10 favourites to win this game against Georgia. It's 5-2 to draw and it's 4-1 to here on Georgia. I simply like Romania to win this game on the money line. They are re-emerging. Obviously, they're not back to where they were in the days of uh, Georgia Haji, but Romania are starting to improve. They've won three of the last four home internationals. This Georgia team are also in fade mode without a win in their last eight outings, drawing four and losing four, whereas the hosts have won six of their last seven meetings between the two teams. I think when you're looking ahead to a game against England, you want to provide them with some kind of test. Um, I think a good result for Norway against England will be being beaten by anything less than three goals at the weekend, as I think England should be able to beat this team comfortably. But I think it's important for them to keep their run going here, keep the... um keep the momentum going here with this preparation game and build off the back of victories against the likes of Norway and North Macedonia. Two sides that undoubtedly possess far greater threat and quality than the Georgians here. And that win over Norway was emphatic by three goals to nil. So they have some momentum and they are playing England at the weekend. I don't think they want to derail that before the England game. Obviously, it's expected they'll lose to England, but they'll want to lose respectably and they'll want to certainly win this game against Georgia tomorrow. Given a form, I think they will do. And I think this value there at 7 to 10 on Romania tomorrow on the money line. Up next, we cover a team that you may actually be interested in because they are playing in the Euros. It's England. They're at home to Austria, who are also playing in the Euros. England are the one to two favourites to win this game. It's 3 to 1 the draw, and it's 13 to 2 on Austria. Um, a lot of people were surprised by the England squad announcement today, especially because ESPN did a big story saying that Trent Alexander-Arnold wouldn't make the squad. We immediately released the future to our clients with Trent Alexander priced out to plus 150, six to four to make the England squad. For me, it was unconceivable that Southgate would put himself under that kind of criticism, leaving Trent Alexander-Arnold out um, because he is, he is looked at as one of the best right backs in the world. Not just in England, but in the world. So he did, although, put himself up for more criticism by taking four right backs. Because not only did he include Trent Alexander-Arnold, but included all of the other options, including Kieran Tippier, uh, Rhys James and Carl Walker as well. Carl Walker, for me, was a given because he can also play on the right side of a of a three-man centre-back combination. So for me, he was an absolute certainty to go. And uh, Rhys James as well was a certainty after his Champions League performance as well. So I, I kind of saw through the ESPN report and 
and, and banked on this future and gave it out as an underdog play because Gareth Southgate already talked about the four right backs that he put in his squad initially because he was criticised or at least questioned for putting four right backs in his 33-man squad and immediately said, well, Kieran, Tippi, Kieran Chippery is a right back and a left back. Carl Walker can play on the right side of a, of a defensive three. Uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold can drop into midfield. I think as soon as you started to, to say that these are wing backs, these are left backs, these are centre backs as well, as soon as you started to say that they were these utility players, immediately... Gareth Southgate, for me, was already answering the question before the final squad went out. So to see Trent Alexander-Arnold at 6-4, mainly um, helped by the ESPN report, which was wrong, I decided to go against that because I know my football, I know England, I know my England managers, and I knew that Trent Alexander-Arnold wouldn't be left out. Plus, he may have been aided even more by the fact that Mason Greenwood dropped out of the squad by himself. So maybe if Trent Alexander-Arnold was on the chopping board, he was maybe the last name on the chopping board and uh, Gareth Southgate drafted him in at the last minute. We don't know the ins and outs of it. All we know is that we cashed a 6-4 to four price and we know that England now do have four right-backs or at least four players whose right-back is their first said position in their 26-man squad here for the Euros. Will it make any difference? I don't think it will. I think we're going to see a, a pretty much the same 11 throughout most of this tournament, give or take a few players coming in depending on the formation changes. But I think we're going to get a good idea of what formation England will play in this tournament in the next two friendly games. I don't think we're going to get an idea of the team because I think immediately you don't play any of the players that played in the Champions League final. So the likes of Mason Mount and Rhys James and uh, and Phil Foden won't feature here. But also I don't think Harry Maguire is going to be immediately ready to play either. So I think you're going to see a, um, a rotated England team here against Austria. But I still think that you'll see a team that'll be able to get the job done here against Austria. I think there will be goals in this game. And I think without Harry Maguire playing here, we saw how important he was for Man United. I think Austria could score one of them, which could aid towards over two and a half goals cashing here in this game. But even if Austria aren't able to contribute, I still think over two and a half goals will cash with England winning this game, no matter who ends up playing here for this team, even if Champions League players are missing. This is an England team that have won 13 of their last 14 home matches, whereas Austria have won only one of their last four games, with their last outing being a 4-0 defeat at home to Denmark. However, Austria have scored in 10 of their last 11 games, and they can contribute here, especially with Harry Maguire out of the team. I don't know why over 2.5 goals is available at a plus-money price of 11-10, to 10, but it is, and you could tack England onto that for even more of a return, but I'm just going to take the over 2.5 goals in this one tomorrow between England and Austria. Up next, we're going to look at France. They're at home to Wales tomorrow, where France are the two to seven favourites to win the game. It's seventeen to four to draw, and it's ten to one on Wales. France are the reigning world champions, and a lot of people are excited about France coming into this tournament. They have Kylian Mbappe, they have Anton Griezmann, and now they have the returning Karim Benzema as well. That does look like a scary strike force when you look at the likes of Paul Pogba and Kanté in midfield. And you look at the defenders they have, the likes of Rafa Varane, it's going to be very, very difficult to beat this French team. But somehow over the last few years, 
We just haven't seen France click. They aren't the most fluid side in the world. So they are, teams are able to, to frustrate them. These um, six and seven nil wins, they don't really tend to happen. So I think it's a little bit of a far-fetched conclusion to think all of a sudden they are going to click and they're going to be this incredible attacking force, especially with the tough group that they've got in the Euros. They're going to want to use these friendly games to get it together. But Wales themselves are a difficult team to break down. They're often a team that will uh, soak up pressure and make themselves difficult to beat and almost rely on their key players, namely Gareth Bale, to win games if they do win games at all. Um, Wales are a team who will be in Euro 2020-21. They're a team, though, have also seen under two and a half goals catching in eight of their last 11 games. And France themselves, this free scoring, this so-called free scoring team of all these attacking players, have seen under two and a half goals landing five of their last six. However, France don't concede many goals and they have won to nil in three of their last five. So I think France's defensive unit will turn up. I don't see Bale playing a, a full 90 minutes this close to the competition. In fact, Bale may not even start this game. He may come on or he may be taken off relatively early in the second half. But either way, I don't see him having much of an impact. I think if France can control Bale, they control not only the goals, but the assists and the creativity here of Wales. I think Wales will set up here not to get beat. And obviously they don't want to have any kind of morale defeating loss here of three or four goals. They don't want to be a team that suddenly uh, that suddenly see France click at their expense. But I don't think any of that's going to happen. I think we see a routine victory for France. I think that the quality players here will deliver something and they will get the breakthrough. Inevitably, this will result in Wales coming out and chasing the game a little bit more. And France may possibly then, off the back of that, be able to score one or two more goals. But I don't see Wales scoring in this game. And I do see France getting getting the win. I'm not sure whether it's going to be 1-0, 2-0 or 3-0. But essentially, I don't see them conceding a goal here. So I would take France to win this to nil. Or you could take France in under four and a half goals. As I said, don't worry about this, this situation with the likes of uh, your Pogba's, your Griezmann's, your Mbappe's, your Benzema. They have rarely clicked to the degree where they've where they've hit the ground running and have gone over this four and a half goal marker. But at the same time, the clean sheet is going to give you a little bit more of a return. That here is available at even money, whereas you have to take four to six minus 150 here to take France along with the under four and a half goals in this one. So France to nil here at evens will be my play for the France and Wales game. And France will be a very, very interesting team to say. They have all all the attributes on paper, the defenders, the midfielders, and certainly the attackers, but they haven't really put it together since the last World Cup. Yes, they've qualified for the Euros, and yes, they are still a top team, and yes, they haven't had a large string of losses where you look at them, such as a a Germany, and think, "Whoa, they really have um, they really have gone for a little bit of a rough patch." Perhaps they're not the same team that they were. No, I don't think it's been to that extent, but we just haven't seen them really smashing the life out of someone let's put it that way and, uh, and and really clicking and looking like a real fluid unit with all of these players coming together gelling and putting out those performances perhaps they're saving it for the big stage perhaps this team will win a very difficult group and will go on to win this tournament again as far as I'm concerned on paper they should be the favourites but um but but we need to see a little bit more from them. We need to see the, the World Cup winners here turning up for the tournament. And these preparation games will be important to see um, what personnel France go with, what formation France go with. And uh, I certainly think we may see some game time here for Garen Benzema, given his long layoff from international football. And I certainly think he'll start the game against Wales tomorrow in this one.
We are going to uh, skip over Thursday's games, even though uh, Belgium are playing on Thursday and they are one of the favourites here for the Euros. We're going to skip over their game against Greece. I don't have any major lean on that. Belgium on the money line is at one to four and there's nothing within the game that interests me. And we're going to move straight over here to Friday. And we're going to look at this very interesting game here between Spain and Portugal. It's very, very interesting because these two teams are rivals. And it's very surprising to see this kind of friendly organised so close to the tournament. Spain are the favourites to win this because they're at home. They're 11 to 8, 21 to 10 to draw. And it's 19 to 10 here on Portugal. A lot of people will look at this and think that both of these two teams are going to just rotate and put out their squad players. Well... I don't necessarily agree with that because if you're not having a look at how players gel together and if you're trying to play new tactics but you're not playing it with the players that are actually going to be playing the tactics in the tournament, you're not really getting anything out of these friendlies. So to assume that you're not going to see the likes of uh, Cristiano Ronaldo and Bruno Fernandes playing in any of these friendlies, particularly this one, I think is a bit of a fallacy. Bruno Fernandes did play in the Europa League final, but when this game is played, the Europa League final would be nine days ago. So I don't think that's necessarily going to be a factor in him not playing. And I don't think that's going to be a factor in, in anyone not playing in this game. These two teams want to work out their formations. They want to re reclimatize to each other here. So I do think that we're going to see um, a stronger teams as possible as these players try to gel, especially against uh, top competition, which Portugal and Spain do provide each other. These two teams do play a lot and they do tend to cancel each other out. And I think so close to a tournament, I don't think we're going to see a high tempo game here with lots of kilometres run and lots of high pressing. I do think the two teams will try and uh, maintain possession of the ball and won't be too keen to fly into leg breaking tackles in order to win it back. Normally, that would be the case here in games between these two. This is a rivalry game and it's happening in front of 20,000 fans here at the Wanda. So that may add to the competitive element to it. But I don't think the competitive element, as I said, is going to be high pressing, lots of running and um, and tackles one at the pitch. So I think that will reduce the goals output. These two teams are solid in defence. If you look at the personnel and the overall record of the two teams, but Given the attacking talent here, you would expect both teams to be able to find a net. That is something that has cashed in five of the last six Spain games. Spain have also conceded at least one goal in six of the last seven matches, while Portugal have conceded at least one goal in four of the last five contests. So with this talent on the pitch, I think a one-all draw could be a good shout in this one. That is available here at 7-1. to one. But ultimately, I think if that doesn't hit, it'll be a case of one team or the other nicking the game and sitting on their lead. Either way, I don't see this one getting to three goals. These two teams actually played recently in a friendly. Now, granted, it was behind closed doors when um, when Portugal were denied twice by the woodwork in that nil-nil friendly. However, it was still a game played between two teams that are playing again very close to a tournament. So I think these two teams will be even more conservative than they were in the nil-nil draw in October. So I think we'll see these two teams cancelling out. Hopefully, if you're watching this, it won't be a nil-nil and you will be able to to get some goals. But um, I still think your under here will cash you, cash for you. Sorry, that one is available here at four to five. So I'm going to go for the under two and a half goals in this game undoubtedly the game of the week here among these friendlies between Spain and Portugal to deliver under two and a half goals here at 4-5 in this one that is going to be it here for your international friendly show 
I'll be doing another one of these at the weekend. So I'll be looking at the weekend friendlies. Between this show and that show, I will be providing you with a season wrap-up. So I still want to do the season wrap-up for the Bundesliga, for the EPL, for the other European leagues, Champions League, Europa League. Look at a few prices and and the way I think the things are going to go next season. Look at some of the transfers that could possibly change things. So yeah, we're going to look at all of that on the wrap-up show, and I'm going to be getting on with that tomorrow. Then at the weekend, we will have the international friendly show again, and then we'll move on to our Euro 2021 shows. Full breakdown of every group, an outright show as well, and then we'll be doing another. Sh- uh, then we'll be doing shows every two days during the tournament. So make sure you look out for all of that. At the weekend, we also have an edition of the fight show as well, as Floyd Mayweather returns to the ring to fight against Logan Paul. Ridiculous fight, but you know it's going to do major money at the box office and we'll be looking at how that one may go on the fight show this weekend so make sure you check out all of my content subscribe to the soccer gambling podcast and give me a follow at sgp soccer no lock here on this show no point forcing a lock here for these five friendly games i think they're strong leans anyway but there'll be a plenty of locks on the content coming up in the future before we close out i just want to give one Hard plug here for lockbetting.com. That's because it is the start of the month. And I really want to push this at the start of the month because you're going to miss out on content if you decide to sign up in the middle of the month. You're going to miss all of the futures for the Euros, Euro 2020, 2021. You're going to miss all of the futures for the French Open. Now, the futures are out. But the fact is, in the first week, a lot of the prices aren't going to change for the futures that we've given out. So you can still sign up and look at what we've got riding for the French Open and still get a relatively decent price on that. Of course, we've got Wimbledon coming up at the end of the month as well. And we are seeing the uh, NBA playoffs being played out, the NHL playoffs being played out, and the MLB as well. There is no better time to sign up. We've got boxing at the weekend. Make sure you get your money's worth. Make sure you get the entire month and sign up now early as possible for lockbetting.com. That's it for me and this edition of the show. Good luck with all your bets as always. And thanks for listening.